today on the Bill Kelly Show on 900 CHML. I want to deal with an issue that's happening locally here, and that, of course, is the Hamilton Board of Education, who are dealing with, uh, well, a, a pretty serious problem here. Racism, scandal, of course, that we've talked about here over the last little while. The board met last night about this. Uh, there was a, a call from many people in the community uh, looking for sanctions against four board members who uh, apparently have been singled out in those whole situations. So we, we want to cover this from as many angles as we possibly can. And uh, to do that, of course, we need to find out, first of all, what the board is doing uh, and, and just what the lay of the land is and what the options are here. And to that end, uh, we're pleased to welcome back to the program, of course, the uh, chair of the Hamilton Board of Education, Don Danko. Uh, Don, thank you so much for joining us. Glad you could be with us today. Uh, thanks for having me this morning, Bill. Let's talk a little bit about what happened at the meeting yesterday and, and, and options. I, I've got the, uh, the, the official statement, of course, that you released here. Uh, maybe you could go over that. Uh, you don't have to read the whole thing, but, I mean, the essence of where we are right now and where you are as a board. Well, I think it's important to start at the beginning. Uh, so I'll just for your, for your listeners, just go through. We received allegations from our former student trustee last summer. And we were dismayed, we were shocked, we were saddened, we didn't understand the full scope of those allegations. And so we took that seriously. We hired an external investigator from the Toronto area who has expertise in this um, with respect to investigating a code of conduct complaint. That code of conduct complaint was never, ever filed. However, this was serious, and we have a duty as a board to investigate anything that may breach the Human Rights Code as well. So the investigator um, was hired then to report back uh, to do a thorough investigation, to do interviews, to start with a complaint and understand what the allegations were, um, and then interview trustees and possible witnesses and come together with a report with respect to an analysis per our Code of Conduct and the Human Rights Code. And that's clear in the report. The investigator did report back. Trustees received the report uh, in late January and released it to the public in early February. And they found that there were 12 sanctions against the board as a whole. And there's the recommendations that we have fully adopted and are committed to acting on. And we're going to be acting on these and having an update on how quickly we can move on some of these and which things are already started to do um, as early as this Thursday. And I think that's really critical. Part of what the um, the, the urgency was in, in getting a decision from trustees on these recommendations was that we do need to act and we need to act now. Now, the other problem that we had, though, is that there are findings in the report and in the investigator's opinion, they, these things were problematic. And I think you, you've mentioned that some of these things are, are highlighted as being very serious. Um, some of these things were from public meetings that all trustees attended that public paid attention to it reported on um, you know we had many people around the table and at the time it was not necessarily perceived in the way that that has been reported and I, I would point your listeners to a really great article in the spectator that goes through the details that goes through what was alleged and what was found and I think that's really important for our community but that's not I, I, just... I, and I know that article Don I get that uh, and, and people can go and check it out on the web page if they don't get the spec but it, and, and it's it's very informative well laid out i get that but the thing that did that bothered me about that is as you say some of these were public meetings uh and and 
as you mentioned, the, 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 there was no perception that maybe anything was wrong at some of these things. I mean, uh, there's, there's a code of conduct, and there's also, I, I, I think, a, a code of decency. I mean, with some, some of these issues and some of these things that were said, and I, I, I think we can pretty much assume that you know, the record is clear about this. I'm, I'm surprised that board members didn't at least say, wait a second here. I mean, you know, the, 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 you're out of line. They're off-color comments. There's a number of different things. A number of times that people could have said, wait just a second here. And I'd, I don't see any record of anybody doing that. Well, and I think that's a really good point, Bill. And it, it, it does go to we all have different perceptions. We all have different experiences. And so when I experienced a public meeting where some things were said that are highlighted in the report, I didn't experience them in the same way that other people have and in the way that has been interpreted in the report, right? Obviously, the media who was covering it didn't didn't raise an issue. And so depending on where you're coming from and your context and how you're grounding yourself, your, your experiences is going to inform how you perceive something. And I think that's a really important piece that we need to be looking at as a society because the language that we can and cannot use, the, the, the way that we conduct ourselves has been evolving for decades, let's be honest, but it's going to continue to evolve. So how do we, as a board of trustees, take this seriously, start building a really clear awareness about what what is appropriate and what is not? And I have to say that trustees, one of the things I highlighted last night, have already done up to 25 hours of professional development. This has never happened before. In my time as a trustee, and as far as I'm aware with other boards, they've never had any kind of comprehensive training program that actually helps people learn more about human rights and equity, That to learn specifically about anti-Black racism, Indigenous cultural safety, Islamophobia, all of those things that are so critical. And, and so important and you've been on city council i'm not sure what your training looks like but for elected we, officials, we, there, there is training is... don i get that there is training but you know something i don't need hours and hours of training that if somebody in a public meeting uses the n-word to describe a, a black athlete i'm gonna i'm gonna say something or if somebody says there's too so, many black so I'm people here. You there because that was unsubstantiated there was nobody that witnessed that there was no evidence to substantiate that so i really think that we need to make that clear there are allegations that are very serious that were not substantiated so they have not been denied either though uh they certainly have by the person in question that was alleged to have done it which is which is why which is why we need to get the investigation. I get. I know your time is limited. The question I've got for you is: What are the board's options right now? I mean, I was kind of surprised uh, in your statement here that uh, that says obviously you understand that you want to take action on this, uh, but I, I'm getting the impression that within the code of conduct, in other words, the, the printed document and the things that you're dealing with, Don, uh, it doesn't say if a trustee does this, this is what has to happen. I mean, in, in many other institutions, of course, there's a set of rules and there are consequences. It doesn't, I'm getting the sense here that there's, there are no written consequences here. Does that mean this is going to be totally up to the board what they do here? So a code of conduct is always up to the board. This is a collective decision that we make. And as you know, um, you know, you've been on council. There are rules that we are bound to follow, including the Education Act. There's actually legislative requirements. If we're going to go through a code of conduct, there's requirements for what needs to be in that. And one of the key pieces that has not happened, that we are allowing to happen in a modified process, is for someone who's alleged to have done something, who's named, to respond to that. So uh, we are providing an opportunity for anyone who's been named uh, per the code of conduct or that may have breached the code of conduct to provide a written response and then that will be considered along with the findings in the report and all of the information that we have. Um, so, so that's the, the, the piece that was missing that didn't allow us to proceed immediately with making determinations on that. 
And we could have had a number of code of conducts, the, the whole process rising out of this. That would have been really complicated and unnecessary. We don't want to duplicate an investigation that's already happened. We're just ensuring that we're following the, the rules of procedural fairness, that we're following our code of conduct rules as closely as possible, recognizing that we actually can't sanction someone outside of our code of conduct and that legislation determines that okay but when you say sanction what are the options here i mean i i think from what you're telling me and the previous discussions you and i've had done uh i i think you agree that somebody stepped over the line here probably all four of them even if even if we, we can argue about what was said and not said but there was a, an attitude here that i think everybody has agreed hey that that is not representative of what the board is supposed to do right now so do you kick them off the board do you, do you take away uh, their 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 committee privileges i mean you know, we we need to know exactly what's going to happen here and i know you're going to investigate that but as you say uh, you know the the longer this gets dragged out the the, the more frustrated people are going to get Yes, and we have heard levels of frustration, not understanding, you know, what needs to happen, what's taking so long. And so we really have, this is only, this is three weeks um, since since we released this report. Um, we've been working through this as a board in the best way we can, and we've spent no, a number of meetings on it And because as a collective, the board makes a decision. So in terms of what we can and can't do, we cannot force a trustee to step down. And I think that, you know, as someone who's been elected in the past, we should actually take the idea of, of um, requesting someone to step down very seriously because that actually impacts their constituents' democratic right to have someone that was elected. No, I get that. I understand that. And we've seen that happen yeah. at other levels of government. You can't, you can't mm -hmm. kick out somebody off the board, but you can take away their privileges. They, 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 you can deny their voting rights on certain issues. I mean, those are options right now that, that I'm hoping the board is considering. Are those on the table? Yes. So, so any proportional sanction would be on the table, and those do include, as you say, um, possibly sanctioning whether they can attend meetings for a period of time, whether they can participate in certain votes for a period of time. Usually a period of time is associated with the sanctions, um, and, and that's what we need to consider. And, you know, if we look at this from a, a natural justice and procedural fairness perspective, we need to make sure that sanctions are proportional to what was done. And uh, that's the piece that we need to go into a bit further and go deeper um, and make sure that trustees have had so when, what's, okay, when's that, when's that decision going to be made then? Give us the time frame on this. My hope is that um, given we needed to allow people time to respond, um, my hope is that we will be able to consider this within the next week or two. Um, so we're, we're going to set things up as quickly as we can, but it just depends on how long it takes to work through the different allegations as a board. All right, is that going to be a public or a private uh, session? When, the, when you uh, make that we're determination. working right now within our code of conduct process as closely as we can. In that uh, situation, the deliberations would be private. I think this is something that the public saying, well, wait a minute, why can't we hear the deliberations? And, and going forward, we want to look as part of our governance review, what should be public, what should be private. But right now, we're, we're bound within our, our structures that exist. So that Don, we're going to stay in reported on publicly. Okay, we're going to stay in touch with this, obviously. Then the fact that you're going to try to find resolution in this, I think, is encouraging to a lot of people anyway. We'll uh, probably be in touch with you in the next couple of days. So appreciate the clarity on this. Thanks so much for this, Don. Thank you, Bill. Have a Take good care. day. Don Danko, who's the chair of the board for the Hamilton Board of Education. The uh, person that brought this whole thing to light, of course, is Ahona Mady, who is the former student trustee with the Board of Education. And uh, she joins us on the Bill Kelly Show to give us an update on, on what she is getting. Ahona, first of all, thank you so much for the time. I'm glad we could talk about this again. Uh, I, I'm getting frustrated because I, I, I got to, as I was just saying to, to the chair of the board here, I, 
I understand this process and this process, but it, I, it's pretty clear, I think, to me and to an awful lot of other people that what we're looking for here is action, not more discussion and not more investigation. Yeah, absolutely. I think that even if we're looking at what has happened in the last couple of weeks, um, you know, the school board has spent uh, tens of thousands of dollars on this investigation. It's taken like about five, seven months now. Um, I came forward with um, all of these incidents in August. And we only saw the report come out a few weeks ago, and they want to continue to conduct like more investigations, and they want to continue to conduct like more procedures in order to kind of like save face and spend more time um, trying to justify the actions of these trustees. And so, you know, Don Danko right now is saying that they're bound to the structures um, of the board and of their policy and their government. But that's not true. What the reality is, is that you're bound to the students and you're bound to the families um, and you're bound to your constituents. Um, and so I think that, yeah, we're all feeling super frustrated because the outcome has been clear from get-go. And that's that, you know, there should be zero tolerance for racism, racism and discrimination. But that's, that's a board policy, Ahona. That's a board policy right now. If a student or a teacher were to say something like this, there's zero tolerance. They'd be suspended, whatever the case might be. I don't know why they're kicking this thing down the road. What else do they have to find out? They've already accepted the, the recommendations from the, the independent inquirer in this. Uh, and as Chair Danko just mentioned, you know, it's some of the parties here that have been accused are saying, well, I didn't really say that. Uh, you know, if it walks like a duck and quacks like a duck. I mean, there's there's a racist problem going on in the board. Let's just cut to the quick here, okay? We don't need more investigation about that. And the question we're looking for is, what are you going to do about it? What are they going to do about it? Yeah, absolutely. And I think recently we also saw that with uh, letters that principals and managers for the school board have sent um, to the trustees, right? Like, principals and managers have said that we're held to a specific standard in regards to our conduct within schools. And if we're telling, you know, our staff and our students to conduct themselves in a specific kind of way, then we need to, like, ensure that the elected officials at the board level are holding themselves to that same standard, right? And so, yeah, it's just really difficult because there are no standards being held at the moment. Um, and, you know, there's just zero accountability, which has been the case, you know, since August. But I, I, there's an, a side issue here, which I think is very related to this, though, and, and that's the fact that there are other situations about racism within the Board of Education, and, and the board itself, and Manny Figueredo, of course, the director of education over the Heaven Board, has said, you know, they're, they're working on an anti-racism program and a protocol, and, and I, I, good for you. That's great, and I hope they do that, and I hope it's going to be very effective. But how comfortable do you feel as a former trustee and as a taxpayer, as I am, I pay for this stuff, uh, that the people that are going to be developing that policy, at least four of them anyway, uh, seem to have very different views and I think very unacceptable views about, about racism. Yeah, absolutely. Like, I think that there's a huge public outcry um, in regards to this issue, and that is for a reason, right? Like, students have been advocating for change and advocating against the school board for years. And so what we're looking at right now is, you know, even Manny Figueroa last night at the board meeting, he said that this is unprecedented, that, you know, there hasn't been um, this much public outcry and this much outcry from, you know, board stakeholders um, in regards to, like, the, the demand for change um, in this issue. And so, yeah, I think that, honestly, I do not have faith in the school board's process. Um, and I've said this from the start because, you know, the people who are causing harm and the people who are inflicting violence 
um, you know, these people cannot be making decisions on behalf of students, especially on behalf of students who are already vulnerable, um, on behalf of Black, Indigenous, racialized, and marginalized students. And so, you know, they're saying that, you know, they're going to implement anti-racism, anti-oppression training, um, which should have happened a long time ago. But to be completely honest, you cannot train racism out of these trustees because their acts are overt and their acts are intentional. Well, and that's the point. I know we're tight on time here. Uh, you can't say, hey, I went to an hour and a half seminar, so I'm not racist anymore. I mean, that doesn't work that way. It's in your head, all right? It's not on a piece of paper, and it doesn't mean you have to check a box and say, I attended a seminar. Uh, I, that's 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 passing the buck, and I, I've got a problem with that. Uh, we're going to stay in touch. Don Danko said they were going to try to get a resolution on this sooner than later in the next week or so, and I'm certainly want to want to get your reaction to that when they, they finally make a public statement on this. Uh, stay strong, keep doing what you're doing, and we'll talk again in a couple of days, okay? Yeah, for sure. Thank you so much. Thank you, Ahona. Appreciate it. Ahona Medi, of course, former student trustee who uh, brought this very, very important issue to light, uh, as she mentioned, months and months ago, and the board is still dealing with it, as they say. The Bill Kelly Show, weekdays from 9 to noon on 900 CHML.